What is it, Doc? It can only be one thing. Prehistoric. Definitely prehistoric. That's human. J. Bongo Boy. My name is MC Zirconium. Mm, beautiful, sir. Beautiful as always. Mm. And welcome to Project Moonbase. Uh, this particular episode of the podcast is entitled The Beast. Yes, uh, you, if you were one of the uh, extremely elite band of people came <laughs> down to see us in action recently at uh, The Beast, which is uh, an exhibition that was run by uh, one of our most loyal listeners, Emma. Uh, she was running a, an exhibition of uh, plasticine dinosaurs and drawings in her uh, uh, very own personal exhibition space called The Beast. And uh, we were very kindly invited along to go and spin some d- dinosaur and jungly themed tunes. Because we are trying to keep... I should probably say it like that. We're trying to keep <laughs> jungle music moving progressively forward. <laughs> we are. And I thought that's, we, we'd kind of pick up on that So. Uh, that little mission out into the real world by playing a, a show, having a show that's inspired by much of the music we played on that particular occasion. So I don't think much of this has been aired on the podcast before, which is rather rather a treat for you, dear listener. So yeah, sit back and enjoy a, mostly a jungle and dinosaur themed show with the occasional diversion off into random territory, the music that just happened to feel right at the time. Uh, and amongst all of that, though, of course, we do have uh, MC Zirconium and his unnecessary news. That's right. <laughs> this week, expect to be overrun by vines as the overly fecund jungle <laughs> consumes you. <laughs> yes, we'd recommend keeping mo- mo- moving all the way through this podcast because if you stay still for too long, you'll get ensnared. You'll need to have a machete with you so you can <laughs> cut your way through the jungle. It's going to be quite dense. Yes. Uh, we're going to get underway with uh, an appropriately uh, safari, jungly themed tune. This is a uh, French uh, library musician extraordinaire, Roger Roger, with a track you can pick up on a compilation called Music for Dance Floors. And this is his track called Safari Park. Oh, <laughs> 
And that was a Chuck Jonky with the uh, delightful baby dinosaurs, with actual real baby dinosaurs uh, yelping and uh, grumbling in the background. Yes, I'm not quite sure where he, where he managed to track those down. Um, Chuck Jonky, described by the Toluccan, I'm not sure whether that's an individual <laughs> or a newspaper. It's a, kind of, it's a kind of bird, isn't it, with a long bill? <laughs> Chuck Jonky is the Indiana Jones of the music world. <laughs> Wow. He describes himself as an ethnomusic anthropologist. Okay. <laughs> and has travelled the world recording uh, over 100 CDs of music in Thailand, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Brazil, etc. And uh, also rather paradoxically has played with the Manhattan Transfer. <laughs> which is Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. There's a rather odd picture of him on his website of him clutching a sitar in front of a bust of uh, Ludwig van Beethoven, <laughs> which is uh, an interesting uh, juxtaposition of sound there. Mm. Um, Yes, um, I think when I get the impression that, that that album and some of his other work is recorded, it's like the modern equivalent of the old music and movement albums, which used to get uh, to terrorise young children in schools. I think the idea with a lot of these CDs is that you put them on in schools and have kids, you know, acting out various scenes of daily dinosaur life or whatever happens to be the theme of the CD. Well, it reminds me a little bit of the sort of Hawaiian stuff, you know, Martin mm. Denny. Yes. Although instead of, you know, doing... <laughs> Who <laughs> <laughs> has we have some actual dinosaurs. real baby dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. and uh, you can get that in a download form. Where we'll give you some information very shortly about how you can uh, get hold of the music you hear on the show if you particularly like any tracks. So there are many ways in which to get in touch with Project Moonbase. You can uh, read what we have to say and get in touch with us via Twitter. If you go to twitter.com/slash/projectmoonbase, but uh, there's a lot more detail about the show and the tracks if you go to our website. Yes, if you go to projectmoonbase.com, you'll find all the ways you can get in contact with us. Uh, links to Facebook, uh, Google Friend Connect. You can join our mailing list called Project Moonbase's Skype voicemail and leave us a message. You can plus one us to recommend Project Moonbase on Google. And you can send us an email at uh, show at projectmoonbase.com and see a list of all the tracks we played and links to where you can find them on iTunes and Amazon. Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show, so if you have the inclination to buy anything on Amazon, please go and use our affiliate button on the website. Uh, it's uh, completely anonymous, it doesn't cost you a penny, and it keeps us in pith helmets. Which I hope you have one for the show. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a sore point there. Mm-hmm. I am pleased to say that I was, uh, I was dressed for the part on uh, Saturday at, uh, at the Beast. I had my safari suit on and my very own pith helmet as well. Yes, I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> it went down a treat. With most people, yes. With most people. One, well, Some was... of them were fanning themselves. <laughs> there was one notable exception. You know who you are. <laughs> Found the whole prospect of the fifth helmet a little bit terrifying. Well, you know. But hopefully, hopefully you'll get used to it. <laughs> As I wear it continuously from now on. <laughs> now, we're going to continue with uh, music from uh, the Beast show that we uh, played. That we were made, made a very rare visit to Planet Earth. And uh, if anyone would like us to come and play in their bedroom or anywhere else, and I, <laughs> I should clarify in case you're wondering why I just said that, that this particular exhibition space, I believe, did double up as a bedroom as well. We're not, we're not just offering ourselves to come and play only in your bedrooms. Yes, keep it clean. <laughs> if you happen to have any kind of exhibition space or other space you'd like us to come and do our thing in, then uh, please get in touch. Um, one of the other tracks we played was a, a track, a band we haven't played for literally years. Um, I think it's a London-based trio who I think themselves go under the name of the Farmyard Animals. But uh, they relocated to Japan a few years ago for a, a project where they teamed up with some traditional Japanese musicians to record an album based around the Japanese Spring Setsuban Festival. And the result is quite an exquisite uh, mixture of uh, brass and <laughs> traditional Japanese music and I don't actually I'm not sure we have played this next track before it's really rather lovely it's a track called 
Sogaro Jinko.
And that was Tsugaru Jinku from Setsuban Bean Unit from the album of the same name. Yes. Very nice it was too. It was. Really wonderful stuff. And the whole album is, is, is a great thing. And I'm slightly <laughs> ashamed to say we haven't played anything from it for quite some time. But there's just so much great music out there. That's true. I wonder if there's any chance of them getting another ticket to uh, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so it would be nice to have a follow-up record. <laughs> come on, come on, chaps. Uh, this is the Project Moonbase podcast, uh, a beastly edition of the show, and it's time to enter into the jungle clearing of unnecessary news. Robotic fish shoal sniffs out pollution in harbours. There's something weird in the waters of uh, Port Gijon in, uh, in Spain, if that's how it's pronounced. Probably not. Any ideas? How do you spell it? G-I-J-O-N. Gijon. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Spanish people. <laughs> and uh, researchers are tracking its every move. It's an autonomous robotic fish designed to smell marine pollution. With these fish, we can find exactly... What is causing the pollution and put a stop to it right away, explains Luke Speller, a scientist at the British technology firm BMT and the leader of Shoal, <laughs> which uh, created the fish. Is that like shield? That sort of stand, is it? In, does it welcome to Shoal. <laughs> does it stand for something? International like? robotic <laughs> fish. Uh, it does, but it's not very interesting. Okay. Currently, the port relies on divers to monitor water quality, which is a lengthy process costing a hundred thousand euros a year. <laughs> the Shoal robots would continuously monitor the water, letting the port respond immediately to causes of pollution. They're one and a half meter long, uh, same size and shape as a tuna, but they are sort of neon yellow, you know, made of plastic, and they are, have a range of onboard sensors which detect lead, copper, and other pollutants, along with uh, measuring water salinity, and they are driven by a dual-hinged tail, mm. capable of making uh, tight turns that would be impossible with a propeller-driven robot. Apparently these are going to be commercialized and sold to other ports. So you, I, I do have a question. You're going to see neon fish swimming around. Yeah. Have they got robotic buttocks? Well, as much as any fish has, has robotic buttocks, yeah. Yeah, I suppose they have. I don't know. Does a fish have buttocks? I'm not sure, actually. I'm not that, I'm not that well versed in fish anatomy. Uh, if you know whether the fish have buttocks, you can tweet us at uh, twitter.com forward slash Project Moonbase or just at Project Moonbase. Mm. Fury. Fury. <laughs> over the auctioning of uh, Ronald Reagan's blood. What? Yeah. A charitable foundation... Uh, of the late US President Ronald Reagan has condemned a British auction house for selling a vial that purportedly contains his blood. Bids above £6,000 <laughs> have been made for the specimen vial and sporting documentation, apparently from a hospital where the then President was treated after the 1981 assassination attempt. If uh, indeed this story is true, it's a craven act that we will use every legal means to stop said uh, <laughs> John Hubush Hibish from the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation. PFC Auction said the vial of dried residue, yum, <laughs> was taken at uh, George Washington University Hospital in March 30th, 1981, after Mr. Reagan was shot by John Hinckley Jr. The provenance letter explained that the seller's late mother had worked at the medical lab where the president's blood was examined. The auction website shows a picture of a blood-filled vial with a typed label stuck to it, showing the president's name. Mm. 
<laughs> but according to the seller's provenance letter, attempts were made to discuss the item with the Reagan representatives. The seller said in a letter, I said, am I in any kind of trouble? Or will there be some black cars and SUVs or helicopters <laughs> hovering above my home? Uh, apparently, his, the representatives said everything was okay and the National Archives were not interested in what I had, nor were the Secret Services or other agencies. So, this is interesting. Does this mean we can grow another Reagan like they did in uh, Jurassic Park with that, you know, bug? <laughs> Do it. I think that. I think what would be great would be 50% Ronald Reagan, 50% Pterodactyl mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just it could work. could work. You've been used. Lewis Allen. Thank you, Mrs. Gurnium. Thank you, sir. Let's first selection of stories. There will be more later on in the show.
That was the terrifying, monstrous sounds there of the science fiction dance party, otherwise known as uh, Horst Ackermann and Heribert Tusek, two German uh, library music composers. Hooray! It seems to have been too long since we've had German <laughs> library music composers. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, long overdue. Um, from uh, one of two albums that have been uh, reissued by those wonderful people at Finders Keepers. And uh, that's the the other one is uh, recorded by Vampires of Dartmoor, the more more slightly more horror themed album. Although, as you can tell from that, even this this so allegedly science fiction album has a distinctly horrific uh, tone <laughs> as well. It does it looks slightly <laughs> alarming, considering it's a party. Yes, indeed. Mm. I'm not quite sure I want to go to that party. <laughs> that was Monster on Saturn One. That's in, that's indeed the track. As is always the case with these kind of library music albums, they do, do have uh, entertaining descriptions. That one is described as Saturn One experiences the age of the monster. Is this an oral vision? Interesting mm-hmm. idea there. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss. Discuss. Discuss, please, yes. Um, as we mentioned earlier, if you want to find out anything, any more details, if you want to buy the music you're hearing on the show, do please go to our website and... Uh, Beside each track, you'll have little buttons which will enable you to do that very thing. And you can uh, find links to iTunes there if you want to go to iTunes and subscribe mm. and uh, and rate the show. Yes, and yes. write a, a review, a glowing a review. A glowing review would be appreciated. If you yes. would. We can send you a badge in exchange for a glowing review. Wait a minute, that might be bribery. <laughs> Careful. Inducements, inducements. Thank goodness we're on the moon and can't be touched <laughs> by your puny Earth laws. <laughs> it's much simpler up here on the moon. We only have one law, which is wear silver. That's right. <laughs> that is true. Um, now we're going to have um, not necessarily a dinosaur or jungly theme, but it just seemed to fit the mood on, on Saturday there. This is a kind of 60s, uh, I guess you would call them a psychploit, slice, if you could say the word, yes. psychploitation band. Psychploitation. Mm, in as much as they were a, a, a bunch of sort of session musicians, I think, that were... Exploiting did, cyclopses. Did, <laughs> no? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, also exploiting psychedelic music, trying to uh, do their take their their own take on what a psychedelic rock band might sound like, and they're doing pretty well actually. Uh, the band is called the Mind Expanders, and I'm not sure how easy this is to get. Actually, I'm, I don't think this has been legitimately reissued, but you can. There are ways in which you can get hold of this track, <laughs> recorded in 1969. This is the Mind Expanders with Pulsation. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Vernon Elliott's donkey theme from Ivor the Engine and Pogel's Wood there, a charming mm. little children's uh, hour type of yes. song. Um, Vernon Elliott recorded all of the, uh, I think he recorded pretty much all of the music for Oliver Postgate's uh, various children's TV series, including uh, The Clangers and, uh, as we heard there, Ivor the Engine, Pogel's Wood, etc. Ivor the Engine. Ivor the Engine. Regulations, they regulations. <laughs> and you can... <laughs> That's uh, that's a, a twofer, as it were. You can get on trunk records, and rather delightfully, does include, uh, I think, Oliver Postgate himself going. So, and the, the Early might... beatboxing. Uh, yeah, indeed. Regulations. Regulations. We need to do something with that, don't we? Make our own dance, our floor filler from over the engine. Um, you might be you might be trying to delineate a connection between that and dinosaurs and uh, beastliness, but don't bother. There, <laughs> there wasn't any. The reason for playing that was one of the other uh, activities that was going on at the same time as the beast was uh, constructing little dinosaurs from plasticine. So we felt that was musical to nice backdrop for uh, making things. But <laughs> we're gonna we'll get straight back to the more sinister world of dinosaurs and jungles and beasts shortly. And we're going to hear now from the Moon Wiring Club. Um, uh, I, I, and actually, I believe I'm right in saying who records all of their music using a PlayStation 2, which is quite impressive. It's a bit high-tech, though, it's isn't it? Bit, <laughs> we're used to more primitive equipment. Yeah. Like um, the Atari 2600s. And like a SNES cartridge. <laughs> a SNES cartridge. But uh, good good on you, sir, for using uh, a technology that's slightly obsolete. <laughs> Not yet. No, well, I've, I've still it. got a PS2, what am I saying? Never use it. But well, I would have thought that would have categorised it as instantly obsolescent <laughs> the minute it was delivered to your, <laughs> to your house. <laughs> True. Um, this is the Moon Warrior Club, uh, an album from, a uh, track from their first album, I think, called Audience of Art Deco Eyes. A uh, track called An Invitation to Shoebox Garden. Thank you. 
This episode is brought to you by Bram. <laughs> that was the disturbing Gone Ape there from yes. Chano. Yes. And um, um, I'm not sure what to say about that. <laughs> what were you thinking? Indeed, yes. Uh, this is from the late 50s. Um, a gentleman called Kirby Allen allegedly produced, composed and arranged eight albums and a stack of 45s with African and Caribbean Enigmatic drummer known only as Chino, the percussion genius of Africa. 
The no- whole continent. <laughs> That's right. No one seems to quite know who uh, China was, but there are some. I think there's. I think this might be an early an early example of um, possibly the Ursula Bogner. Maybe I mean, maybe I'm casting aspersions here, but I think it might be entirely possible that China one Kirby Allen might have been exactly the same uh, one and the same person. But uh, we shall never know. He's taken it to the grave, I take it. Well, there are pictures allegedly showing, in this uh, CD reissue, there are pictures allegedly showing China signing a contract. Mm. Um, and that could be anyone. So if, you, if anyone out there is China or knows, shares a flat with China, do please get in touch. Yeah. Twitter.com slash Project Moonbase. This is indeed the Project Moonbase podcast. You can download new editions of the show every Sunday evening. Twitter is probably the best place to get the immediate uh, news when each show is up and out there. Um, if you eschew the world of social media, we do also have a mailing list. So uh, if you don't want to go to Twitter, you can sign up to our mailing list and you'll get an email as soon as the new show is available as well. We are also on Facebook, though, as well. <laughs> we, are on, we are indeed on Facebook. That's right. And now, dear listener, it is time to go and swing on the vine of unnecessary news. Migrating elephants are just uh, doing what migrating elephants do, migrating. Apparently they cause damages to farm and fences. Well, you know, if you will put, if you will put a puny fence in the way of migrating elephants, what do you expect? <laughs> They also run into trouble on highways, but uh, an underpass beneath Nanyuki Muru Road, or something similar, in northern Kenya, has been built just for elephants, which allows herds to pass through the area with ease. It was completed in 2010, and hundreds of elephants have been seen using the corridor. The underpass is part of a long-term project to restore traditional migration routes, and it's also cute. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that, would you? Because it's well, not like one of those, you know, they have the sort of badger runs and stuff. Yes, that's uh, and, right. uh, things. And squirrel wires sometime yeah. over the top. They're quite small, whereas if you you need to <laughs> yes. allow a kind of herd of elephants to, to pass <laughs> through under the road. You need quite a substantial that's, tunnel. Uh, it's a little bit more tricky. Also in, in, uh, in Africa, South Africa's ruling party has threatened legal action against an art gallery after it displayed a number of satirical artworks, including one depicting President Jacob Zuma with his penis exposed. <laughs> now, we don't normally delve into the world of the penis on Project Moonbase for obvious reasons, but um, this just tickled my uh, funny bone. The African National Congress which has governed the country since 1994, wants uh, the Goodman Gallery in Johannesburg to take down two of its paintings. One called The Spear is a facsimile of a famous poster of Vladimir Lenin, with Mr. Zuma mimicking the communist leader's heroic stance. However, the South African president is depicted (laughs) with his todger out. (laughs) With uh, what we we might refer to as Little Jacob. (laughs) The other shows the ANC logo with a for sale sign superimposed on it. Other works include a Soviet-style poster reading The Kleptocrats and other things like that. It's making a mockery of the highest office. ANC spokesman Jacob Mathembu said, he's just, he's sharp, isn't he? <laughs> he's picked up on that right well, away. What the word satire means. Yeah. He's got it. <laughs> others, others might not have been so uh, quick. <laughs> He added that the artist was within his rights to express himself, but he said the sphere was vulgar. Well, that's tr- that is true. <laughs> Mr. Zuma, who has been married six times and fathered 21 children, <laughs> ooh, ooh. 
faces a battle for re-election as party leader at the end of this year. The Spear, uh, by well-known anti-apartheid artist, has already been sold to a German citizen for £10,300. <laughs> You've been used. <laughs> Gaskets. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Canium. Thank you, sir. For delighting us once again with your unnecessary news. There'll be more on next week's show. was the swinging big band and massed vocal <laughs> stylings of Hal Mooney from an album called Voices in Song and Percussion, uh, which you can get in download form, a version of Caravan. Nothing to do with uh, Beasts, Monsters, Your Jungles, but um, we are attempting to play a, a belting version 
or a curious version of a show favourite caravan every week on the show. Well, it's got camels in it, hasn't it? And that's true, yeah. Well, I suppose it's a beast, isn't it? It's a beast. Kind of beast. Yeah. Yeah, a beast of burden. Beast of burden, exactly. They spit as well, though, don't they? <laughs> Ding! <laughs> they do. <laughs> you need to avoid that. I don't think their breath's very good either. And we'd just like to thank Emma Bowen for Paws and Stilton. Mm. And if you want to find out more about uh, Emma Bowen and her, her various artworks, mm. go over to her Blogspot site, which is... edinburghnewtowngarage.blogspot.co.uk Pow! <laughs> and you, you can buy our favour with Port and Stilton or other, <laughs> other luxury goods. Yes. If yes. you want. I don't it, know how people would uh, do that. If you'd, like to live, you'd like us to come and play a few tunes and generally hang out. <laughs> or just bribe us. I was just trying to get a hamper of stuff <laughs> oh, see, from the yeah. internet. Yes. Oh, I see what you how mean. How would yes. they do that? Oh, if they were, yes, if you want to send us stuff. You mean through the mail? Yes. Snail mail. What care of the moon? <laughs> I'm not giving the secret address of the of the moon. What, what to do is to send an email to show at projectmoonbase.com uh, and we'll arrange a park bench mm. where we can <laughs> sidle up beside you and yeah. exchange a hamper for an empty attaché case. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, we're coming to the end of uh, this week's edition of Project Moonbase. Uh, we have a couple more tracks to go. Uh, we're going to have we're going to return to the theme of uh, m- monstrous things next. We're going to have a track from an exotica classic. This is uh, Frank Hunter's uh, White Goddess, which contains many a great uh, jungly tune. And uh, this is a tune of his called Lost Plateau. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was an invisible monster approaches from Lewis and Bebe Baron from the uh, Forbidden Planet original soundtrack. Pretty, pretty uh, creepy stuff. Yes. And before that, Frank Hunter and his orchestra with Lost Plateau. Mm. Splendid stuff <laughs> all round. Um, you can get the, the Forbidden Planet soundtrack is uh, thankfully available in a number of different formats. And I think for this year's Record Store Day, which uh, was a few weeks ago now, I think there was a green vinyl uh, LP edition of Forbidden, the Forbidden Planet soundtrack that was put out. So if you can track that down, that'd be worth, uh, worth having, I think. <laughs> Made with real, because uh, that's <laughs> the the blood from the id. Or the id. <laughs> Directly. It's, that's like id squashed id. into a disc. In disc form, yeah. Very rare. <laughs> and quite dangerous. Mm. <laughs> We're going to leave you by playing uh, very tribal drumming sounds of uh, one of our favourite five-piece Japanese female <laughs> groups. Drummers. <laughs> drumming groups. Uh, again, a band we haven't heard from for a very long time. I don't think we've actually played them on the podcast. we played them quite a lot on the old radio show. Shame on us. This is a band put together by Yoshimi Piwi from uh, The Boredoms, famous Japanese band. And she recruited, she wanted to go and recruit uh, four female non-musicians for this project. Which is an interesting approach. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of five terrifying Japanese housewives, <laughs> something like that. Uh, they've actually released about half a dozen albums now, so that's clearly working for them. Um, this is from an album which came out in 2006 called Taiga, and uh, this is a, r- a brilliant uh, primal piece of Japanese drumming and vocalizing called Umo from Yoshimi Peewee's band O O I O O. Until next week, dear listener. Oh!
next time on Project Moonbase. Fill the room with smoke. It's time for Honeybee. Honeybee.